to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. And for this episode, I'm actually going to be welcoming a guest who I just uh, did a guest spot on their podcast. So we figure, you know, let's go ahead and work on each other's show and be friends. So for this episode, I'm going to welcome the host of the Fight Space podcast, Captain Shinko. Welcome to the show, and thank you for doing this. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Captain Shenko here. I really enjoyed our chat over on the Fight Space, so I'm excited to continue the conversation here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I've only been a guest on, you know, another podcast maybe once prior to yours, and it was a different experience being on the other side. And, and you made it very welcoming and just... Uh, you know, comforting. So thank you for that. Having you here on Off the Mats, you know, kind of just really want to, you know, go into getting to know you a little bit better and just kind of talking a little bit and, you know, even continuing where we left off with your show where we were really talking about MMA upsets and just MMA period, just fighters. We had a good, good conversation there. So for you, when it comes to martial arts, what really, like, you know, where did that all start for you? Like, have you always been into combat sports or was that kind of a later thing that you just really took to? So I would say I got into combat sports. It's been a while now, about, I don't know, 10, almost 10 years ago, probably nine years ago. My first exposure to mixed martial arts as a sport was through George St. Pierre's role as George Batroc in the Captain America films. And when I was looking into him in particular, because I found his character very interesting, I found out that he was a practitioner of the sport called mixed martial arts. I started watching old UFC fights. And then I was competing in equestrian sports and my trainer at the time mentioned that I needed to start doing some cardio conditioning, maybe some weightlifting, things like that. So I was looking into gyms near me and rather than going to Planet Fitness, I rolled up to my very first MMA gym and from there I spiraled into absolute obsession with the sport. That's actually interesting to hear that, you know, someone's um, entrance into martial arts came from a Marvel film. So that's as a comic book nerd myself and, and a big fan of uh, Marvel comics growing up, I, I'm happy to hear that. So, you know, everyone who picked on us as kids for like on that stuff, see, it, it leads places. So when you started training, like you just went right into it, just, just straight into MMA or were there any specific disciplines that really kind of grab onto your attention? I think like a lot of people, uh, your parents stick you in a karate school when you're like 10, 12 years old. And it's the first place that says karate lessons, discipline, whatever they're selling. And my first exposure to combat sports technically was at that McDojo. 
and I enjoyed the martial arts aspect, but I didn't like that my belt progression was based on how many signatures I got on my little card at the end of class. I felt like I should be earning it on my hard work and my merit. And I just didn't have that there. So it took me away from from that sphere. When I started at my mixed martial arts gym, my, my MMA coach had me pegged like immediately as soon as I walked in. He goes, I don't, he goes, I don't mean that, you know, make any judgments here, but you, you have a karate background, don't you? And I said, yeah, I used to, you know, I used to do karate at a McDojo. I want to learn how to actually fight here because my McDojo was a no contact facility. It was all point sparring. And as I hear it now, that same school no longer does any sparring of any kind. So sad to hear. So that's my entry to the sport. But I, I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I love boxing. I love Muay Thai. So I like to get all of my different disciplines in and work on all of the different disciplines for sure. I, I would consider myself a mixed martial artist because I like a little bit of everything. Okay, that's really cool. It's always interesting to hear, you know, where someone really, really kind of thrives out of what they really enjoy. So that to really see someone take to it all, you know, not just really settle in on one discipline really does, I think, show a love for the sport of MMA. Because I think these days, especially as we get deeper into this world you know you start almost losing that that sense of mma where you know you got guys that are wrestlers you got guys that are you know brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners you know kickboxers and things like that and you know we still know that you know everything's still on the table you know you know whether you're you know wonder boy or whether you're gilbert burns you still got to be able to do some of the other stuff too so that's that's good that you're you know, kind of just got your hands in all of it. Mm -hmm. I was actually just having this conversation with someone else over on the fight space today. I said that I am the best grappler in the boxing gym and the best striker at the jujitsu gym. <laughs> hey, that's something you want to have though, that, you know, that's a, you know, good, good, um, you know, badge to have there. So I, I like that. I like that. Um, so when you got started with doing the fight space, I mean, I guess, obviously, as you love mixed martial arts and, and you, you know, like you say, you fell into this obsession with it, you know, was, you know, the ideal of a podcast, even, I want to say like early on, because I guess podcasts, the craze for podcasts is still more of a last three years type deal. But, you know, as you started really, digging in and, and falling in love with the sport and all the disciplines, you know, at what point did you say, you know what, I think I want to get out there and, and talk more and share my knowledge and, and learn more from other, you know, practitioners. When did that um, ideal come into mind for you? I've always had a reputation of being able to call fights and pick out movements. And so one of the things that really interested me was cage side commentary. And through doing this podcast, it may down the line allow me some opportunities to move into those roles because I already have a portfolio of people listening to me and enjoying what I have to say in response to fights and 
doing breakdowns and things like that. I had some really good response just to the little quick breakdown I did on Instagram following Ross Levine's knockout uh, over the over the Karate Combat weekend. So I enjoy doing that type that type of commentary. As far as podcasting goes, I started doing my Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast several months before I even conceived the idea of doing the fight space. But I really enjoyed podcasting through doing the MCU Lorecast. And so I said, I've got this great passion and this great love for the sport of mixed martial arts. And I feel like I have a unique platform and a different perspective on combat sports in general that I can bring to an audience in order to make the sport more accessible to the layman. So I I pitched the idea to the network director. He seemed to think that it was a good idea and had some positive thoughts about it. I was the only I'm the only sports podcast on that network and I've been enjoying the process thus far. It's given me an opportunity to go to some events and do some media work and also to interview some incredible athletes and incredible people along the way. What's the most, like, what's been the most challenging part of it so far for you? Hmm. The most challenging part of it is probably juggling the podcast scheduling around real life. It's difficult to do this job and be flexible enough to take a really good interview whenever they have availability and also hold down the formal employment because that that's a big deal. And especially with me also trying to get in shape and potentially compete in martial arts in some capacity in the next couple of months or years. It's tough. It's really tough because you got to juggle the gym. You have to go to the gym and you have to work on your podcast. You have to find time to edit. You have to obviously work so you can afford to do all of those things. And it's, a crazy balancing act. Yeah, you know, I feel like when I do it, I you know, as I'm hearing you say that right, you know, right there with the balancing act, I just realized like I don't know that I balance anything. I think I always just like tip to one side, you know, heavy and then realize, oh snap, I didn't go to work today. Like not that it's that easy for me to skip work, no, but it's like, you know, I'll be at work like daydreaming about, oh, who do I gotta talk to? Or, you know, what are we going to talk about on this episode? Or should I edit? Like, well, I got some downtime here at work, things like that. And then I think when I fall too heavy into training, I start forgetting to do the podcast. So it's good that, that you have a, you know, at least an understanding of the balance, even though it is tough to navigate around it. So it's good to hear, though, that you, you know, you're not letting it stop you. Because I, I, I've encountered a few friends now that have started a podcast and, you know, two episodes in, you know, like, dude, this is hard. I can't do it. Or, you know, they'll look and say, oh, I only got like three listens, you know, for that first episode. You know, I don't think I want to go any further. Um, you know, was there anything early on as far as, you know, downloads and listens that, you know, that kind of was a win or even, you know, discouragement for you one way or the other? So with my podcast network, in order to reach affiliate status, you have to do, I want to say it's like 50,000 streams across your entire upload schedule, to be fair. So 
my co-host for MCU and I had this discussion where we said we're going to hit those 50,000 streams purely by attrition because the stream numbers are just not what we were expecting. But we're also in a very flooded and competitive market doing a Marvel Cinematic Universe show. There are a lot of people doing it. There are a lot of people that have been doing it for much longer than we have. And there are shows that have a level of respect and a level of prestige where their viewership is their viewership and they're going to pull big numbers over what we could even dream of at the moment. And so the most discouraging thing sometimes is when you're really proud of something that you've put out and something that you've worked really hard on and then you feel like the stream numbers just aren't there. But what I was hearing is, so average episodes, this is kind of like a insight to the backside of podcasting, right? Uh, my general number for fight space and general for MCU as well, first day I'm getting between 15 and 25 streams. And what I was told was that for shows under a year old, 15 to 20 is actually pretty good. <laughs> so you're not going to be pulling Joe Rogan numbers your first year. You're not going to be pulling the fighter and the kid numbers or believe you me numbers. You're not going to be pulling the numbers that these bigger podcasts that have just existed for longer and then have a basis of fame just based on who hosts the show. And you can't be discouraged by that. It's disheartening at first, but you just have to kind of bite down and and keep working on it because the viewership will come. People will eventually catch on to what you're putting down. And if you're saying good stuff, the viewership will come. I think that's the big thing in the beginning. And I saw the same uh, metrics as well. They're saying like that first year you should, you know, see about 15 to 20, you know, downloads or so. And I was like, oh, okay. Who, you know, I felt comfortable with. That. I was like, that's fine. I, when I started my beer review show, it's more so my buddies. I'm, I'm just kind of there. I'm there to say bad words in the background. He's actually doing real, like, work. And I told him, like, right out the gate, I was like, look, dude, I'm going to tell you now, when this starts, do not expect big numbers. As a matter of fact, don't expect our friends to give a fuck about it. Because they probably won't because they hear us talk all the time. So why would they want to go listen to our podcast and hear us talk even more? So I think it is important for people to understand that, you know, going into podcast and, you know, you're, yeah, you're not pulling those Joe Rogan numbers. I had a buddy tell me once when he started the show, we were talking off air and he goes, man, I was hoping to really like, you know, nail this podcast and stuff and you know get some sponsors and i wouldn't have to work anymore i was like dude you've put out five episodes and you weren't very consistent with them either so it's like expectations have to be realistic in the beginning i think mm -hmm. you, you definitely it's been helpful too to have the backing of the network that i'm with because they're able to tell you what to expect and they're also able to give you those paths towards building the viewership that you eventually want to have and looking into my numbers given two three weeks my episodes are are pulling about triple what they did when i first started out i'm really happy with the growth of the show and all i really need to do is just keep keep working at it and stay consistent and dealing with getting no and dealing with 
that is also a really big part of this job. I can't even tell you how many DMs I've sent out trying to get guests on the podcasts and how many times I've been outright told no, how many times I've been told yes, but then they never show, or how many times I've been told I would love to, but I don't speak English because that's a big problem with some of the international athletes as well. Um, you have to get comfortable with hearing the word no, and then eventually you get lucky and someone says yes, and they give you a shot. I'm glad you're you know, patience has definitely played into that, it seems like. And, yeah, you know, I can speak for myself as far as listening to your show. You know, when you reached out to me, it was like, you know, let me go take a listen, you know, just to kind of know what I'm getting into coming onto the show. And I was like, wow, I actually really like, like this show. Even if I weren't a guest, I would have this in my rotation, you know, regularly. So... You know, you guys have a really good show. I haven't listened to the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe show yet, but Fight Space I have. As far as uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and your work over there for that podcast, what's the name of, of that one specifically? So it's called the MCU Lorecast. It's a show where we deep dive into the lore and stories of all the characters you know and love from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and their comic book counterparts. I have a really good time doing that show. I've got an amazing co-host and it's been a really good time. The teaser trailer for Marvel's just dropped. Have you seen it? I have not. So I, I, I'm terrible at my job and I'm very behind on the Marvel, <laughs> um, on, on the Marvel new releases, because what we're doing is we're going back on the timeline and we're covering the older films first. So I, we're talking about the amazing Spider-Man two here shortly. And that episode will come out. I want to say Monday next Monday, but we're working our way through the old films, the adjacent films, and then bringing ourselves up into present day. So I'm tending to hold off on viewing a lot of the new media until closer to when we're going to talk about it just because of time. I'm so busy. I have very little time to, intake a whole lot so i need to be like i had to find time to watch amazing spider-man 2 before we talk about it sure like i mean and even with the movies themselves just where all of it's at it's tough it used to be you know those earlier movies whether it be the early x-men films or spider-man films even the hulk you know back in whatever oh five or something you know those films are just kind of like every so often you get a comic book movie and now I think we're getting like three, sometimes four per year, plus TV shows now. So it's a lot to keep up with, especially these days. So for you all to go back and, you know, try to watch things and then catch up to today. I mean, my hat's off to you for that. that that's got to be a lot of a, a lot of work there just in being able to find the interest, but also then you know have the motivation to keep going with it because i know for myself as much as i love it all i i get that burnout every so often yeah and i mean for perspective i've done now 20 episodes with a couple of backlogged episodes and a few interviews that i have to get through this week for the fight space and i've done almost 40 episodes for mcu lorecast i want to say so i've been at this for 
a while. It is a war of attrition when you're starting out a podcast, especially in the two markets that I've chosen to try to break into because Marvel is a huge media monster. And there are like a hundred podcasts doing the same thing that we are. We have to make ourselves unique and interesting and the standout for that sphere. And then for the fight space, just based on the people that already have a platform that do shows, I'm already competing in a reasonably large market. And then there's all the smaller shows more on my level that I'm also competing for because our viewership is more or less the same. I feel like, too, the fan bases for both MMA and comic books, period, just whether it be DC, Marvel, even Image, I always feel like these two fan bases, and I'm only speaking from the, my own experience in it, seems to be the most um, temperamental, you know, if like as far as like comic books go. In a lot of ways, if something strays a little bit, there's this outrage, nerd rage even. In an MMA, you kind of get a similar thing too, where you get a lot of, you know, back in the, you know, t- 2000s when brock lesnar came into the sport you had a lot of people that were really raging and angry about him coming in because you know mma was its own thing and then brock lesnar was coming from wwe so i feel like you know there's a lot of you know kind of parallels with the two fandoms and and worlds between comics and mma to some degree Most definitely. And I agree with what you're saying about the fan bases being finicky. Uh, We're actually, we just got a bad review, which kind of irritated me. And they said, why haven't you talked about Deadpool yet? And I'm like, if you go and you you just look at our episode list, you can see we started at the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. And we are now on the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. We worked our way through all of phase one of Marvel, The Avengers, well, most of the all of the X Men films actually now, yeah, we just did. We just talked about Dark Phoenix, so we were at the, we're at the end of the X Men films. We've talked about a plethora of Marvel films, and and you're gonna leave us a bad review because we haven't talked about the one character that you want us to talk about yet. It's like just chill, be patient. We're getting there. We have our system that we're working through. We can't just skip ahead to talk about Deadpool as much as we might have wanted to not talk about Dark Phoenix. <laughs> I just watched Dark Phoenix again last night. I'm sorry. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like when when Apocalypse ended, and I saw that they're going to do Dark Phoenix, I was kind of disappointed with Apocalypse. I was like, okay, they 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 won't drop the ball on on Dark Phoenix. They can't do it twice. They won't mess us up twice. <sighs> this is the second time I walked out of an X Men movie. Like with with like a watery eyes because I fucking love X Men. That's what I grew up on, and the way that they butchered that, I was just like, oh my god. So now I just watch it to be angry. I just turn it on when I'm like, you know what, things are going too well. Let's 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 just get pissed. I put it on before bed, and then woke up this morning ready for the world. So I'll put it. I'm on sorry, you all had to watch it for the podcast. I'll put it on before I have to go fight someone. It'll just piss me off, and I'll go, man, I really hate that movie. I'm going to go tear this girl's head off. I'm going to pretend she's the director and just tear her head off. Uh, yeah, it, it was it, that film is 
rage inducing for sure. We we just had to talk about it. And I think the term that we used to describe it was Ugh. perfect. I couldn't think of a better term. Um, so out of the films that you've watched so far, what's been, you know, like your top two or three that you really, really enjoyed watching and talking about? Well, I think the number one is obviously Captain America, the Winter Soldier of the ones that we've gotten to talk about recently because you are my favorite human. Oh, so that movie's so good, right? Like it's about as close to a perfect film for me, at least as you can get. The cast was phenomenal. The script was phenomenal. You take out all the Marvel crap and it's still just an awesome spy thriller film. And on top of that, you get Robert Redford playing your big bad and Frank Grillo with the tactical suit and the, the boxing and the elevator fight scenes and the knife work and the stunt work. And they hire my man GSP to play another small role villain. Like, where did they go wrong on this? That one was awesome. That was a fun one to talk about. And part of what I do, too, since I have an interest in the combat side of things is any movie that has a really good fight scene in it. I'll do a breakdown of the specifics of the fight scene itself. So I got to break down a GSP fight scene. I broke down the elevator fight scene. And then I kind of briefly talked about the, the freeway fight with the knife work because Sebastian Stan did that. <laughs> so now with you talking about the winter soldier, I've decided I'm putting that on in the background. So once we're all done here, I'm going to go down that rabbit hole again. And once I turn on my TV, Dark Phoenix was sitting right there just staring at me. So we're going to go from the worst to the best. Um, uh, anything else in that line of uh, uh, work that you enjoyed after that? So for Christmas, we around the holidays, my co-host and I ended up doing some solo episodes, diving into the specifics of the things that we bring to the show. So I'm the combat analyst and I also give the plot synopsis for all the films. He's the guy that covers the history. So for my holiday special, I got to do specific fight scene breakdowns and I loved deep diving into Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I broke down the bus fight scene and then also highlighted the different fighting styles that I saw within the film. Um, I think I said that Shang-Chi fights very traditional Kung Fu style. His sister is very snappy, more like Taekwondo. Their mother, very Tai Chi. Their father, almost like Muay Thai-esque with the powerful strikes and the stances that he takes. And I really enjoyed deep diving into all of those movements and being able to bring the real life fight breakdowns to that film because it was one of the movies that had a lot of fight scenes that I was actually able to break down. CGI fights are almost impossible. You need hand-to-hand, -hand, and and this one did it very well. I definitely agree with that. It was one of the films that I was excited for but worried about because I was worried mm -hmm. about the CGI and how that was going to look. And, you know, I feel like that film was a big standout in Phase 4, for sure. Phase 4 was it had its issues, but I feel like... Shang-Chi really stood out. And I, I I don't think it gets enough love. And I it's probably because phase four was just so bizarre for everyone. But 
I think, you know, this film will stand kind of that test of time. Because even with Winter Soldier, when it came out, you know, one of the points that you made there is you take away the comic aspects of it. It's still a really good spy espionage film. And this, like, it's Winter Soldier itself is a film where you can watch that film without seeing anything before or after and still enjoy the film. I feel like Shang-Chi has some of those elements where you can watch it and not have to see anything beforehand to really get what's going on. You don't necessarily have to, you know, we don't know where the story is going to go for him yet, but you know, there was the post credit that, that came about. So we have an ideal, but it is still kind of a film where you can watch it and be like, you know, I think I'm done. I think this was good. I liked it. And I can just leave it, leave it at that. I also really like Wong. Yeah, he's a he's a fan. My wife enjoys Wong. I don't dislike him. I, I just always forget, you know, when once he says something or does anything, it is mem- memorable, whether it be in, you know, No Way Home, like just kind of the, you know, couple lines that he had there. And, you know, in general, just in Doctor Strange, you know, period. So, but my wife definitely is a fan for sure. So you all share that in common. So as you move forward um, with just doing the the podcast that you have, the training that you're, you're doing right now and everything, how do you really find that balance? Like, is there like kind of an even split that you do or is it kind of how I was mentioning earlier where some things might get a little more love than others and something might go lacking? Like, you know, do you have like a, you know, I guess kind of a, a solid balance for yourself? I am a workaholic, so I don't really know what days off are. I tend to overbook and overwork myself all the time. And then that drives me nuts and I like take two weeks off and then I'm reset for like another three, four months. So I think that's how I deal with it. I structure my life almost like a fight camp. I work really hard for eight to 10 weeks and then I take some time off. And, and that's, that's kind of where I've struck my balance. I am training myself in cycles. So my big goal right now is just to get to a little bit of a lower walking around weight so that if a fight popped up short notice, I'd be able to say, okay, I only have five pounds to cut. Let's go. And, um, also just working on my baseline levels of fitness, attending to a couple injuries that I have and just being honest with myself and and being able to work around the limits that I currently have. And then in the interim, being able to have middays free to podcast or media or be editing or whatever the case may be has just been lovely. And as far as working goes, I've been just trying to work enough to cover my bills and put a little away, but also give myself the flexibility and the ability to pick up and go do a karate combat event or pick up and go to a fight over the weekend because, you know, I want to be doing commentary there or whatever the case may be. So it's, it's been a process trying to strike that balance. But once you have it, if you just stick to it, that's the biggest deal. That's the biggest thing. Real quick, kind of steering back to fighting. Um, so as a female fan and practitioner in, in MMA, have you had any like pushback, like male pushback? Uh, I think more so from the fan standpoint. Uh, so the deal with social media is that 
you can never get your whole point across. That's why I like long form media like podcasts, because I can sit here and I can explain why, uh, you know, oh, Luke Rockhold's going to do really well in bare knuckle, because even though the last time he fought at Elevation, it wasn't that impressive. He still put on one heck of a performance, despite the, you know, the deficits in his fighting, whatever. The thing about social media is that you put something short form and you then have to go on to explain it. And there's a lot of room for people to criticize what you're saying and write you off as having an invalid opinion because you are a woman. It's like, oh, this is just some girl that thinks Luke Rockhold's a good looking guy. So she's, of course, going to defend his fighting because this, that and the other. It's like, no, no, no. The good looking part's just the bonus. Okay. He's also a great fighter and I love watching him fight. Like, let's not get this twisted here. You know? <laughs> so that that's the big, that's the big pushback. And that's why I enjoy doing podcasts because I'm able to showcase that I do know what I'm talking about in this longer form media where there is no, there's no room for doubt. A lot of the things that I say have to come from the top of my head. And in this form of media, not having the wealth of knowledge from just going out to watch the fights and watching old fight footage and being in the gyms and in the training spaces and having that knowledge uh, of what moves are happening and what's going on. That's, that's the biggest thing. And, and being able to be taken seriously as a woman in the space is it's always a struggle. I've been very, very lucky to have received some really good feedback and some really positive interactions within the community, but there's always the one or two, you know? Absolutely. I mean, even myself, you know, as a male, sometimes I, I run into, you know, these weird, like questions of, you know, fandom and, and support and just like, I mean, look, you know, I'm no dummy. All right. You know, Go listen to the podcast. I may say some silly things sometimes, but in there you'll find that, you know, we know what we're talking about most of the time. So with, you know, again, time being an issue here, I want to go ahead and wrap us up here so that way you have time to kind of get out and, you know, get on to the next next project. Kapchenko, thank you for doing this and making the time. I know you got a hell of a schedule, so just, you know, being able to squeeze this much in for for uh, off the mats, I really do appreciate it. Uh, before we get out of here, do you have any shout outs or mentions that you would like to throw out there? Uh, the only thing I really want to shout out is I'm pretty active across social media. You can find me on Twitter as the Fight Space One. Someone else stole the handle of the Fight Space. So if you're out there and you have that handle and you want to give it to me, I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I can also be found on Instagram and TikTok as Captain Shanko, C-P-T-N Shanko. Uh, other than that, I do another show called the MCU Lorecast. If you're into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, definitely think about giving that show a look-see. And then, of course, we've been talking about the fight space all this time, so I'd be remiss to not mention it at least once. Absolutely. And that makes sense why I couldn't find you on Twitter. So um, I'll be sure now to add the one there at the end. So I was looking after, after I did the show with you, I went looking for you and I was like, I, I cannot find her. Okay. But thank you for that. I'll make sure to put all your information in the show notes. So that way everyone knows where to find you and to get a hold of the shows. 
Awesome, awesome. It's been a really great time coming on your show this time, and we always have good chats, so I appreciate you very much. No, I appreciate you, and I would love to have you back on to, you know, for one of the Off the Mats Nerdcasts to get some uh, comic, some deeper comic talk going on in there. So I uh, will definitely, definitely do that. Before we get out of here, I want to also always uh, thank my crew over there at Nerd Rage Radio. Uh, we just wrapped up episode 400 over there. So, Bobby, Chris, Joe, Marilyn, Phil, Ricky, Tiki, all you guys, Raul, love you guys. Fucking, you all are amazing. So, thank you for everything you guys do and get me into this this thing called podcasting. Also, I want to do a quick shout out to my other show. So, you like horror? If you like scary movies, go check it out. We've been doing horror through the decades this year and uh, a couple different uh, genres, um, subgenres and themes within horror. So go check that stuff out and, uh, you know, give it a listen if you like. And last but not least, big shout out to the fight space and captain Shinko. Go check her out. Go listen to the show. Uh, the MCU, MCU lore cast as well. I'm going to check it out because just knowing that we like the same movies here already has my interest peaked. So, um, Thank you for that. And as always, thank you for the listeners. I appreciate the hell out of you. If you have any questions, concerns, criticisms, feel free to reach out to me. You know where to find me. Otherwise, thanks for listening, guys. You keep listening to me. I'm going to keep making these. Goodbye. Oos. They it. Now let me see his song.